0: That's my CBM, and uh, oh, that's a long story. I'll tell tell you later.
1: Welcome to the Overdrive Radio Podcast for October twenty third, twenty twenty. I'm Todd Dills, and I never did get that origin story of the Dollar Bill moniker for a long time. Owner operator Artie Daniel, who you heard at the top. Daniel's been trucking since the 1970s, today in a cat-powered 1982 Kenworth W900A that he bought from the original owner, with very few miles in the odometer several years back. Throughout our talk today, you'll hear more about the unit and others he's owned over the years, including a red 1985 KW he still owns. In addition to five reefer trailers, he rents out for cold storage in emergency situations in a partnership with the Chicago Outfit. Daniel is cut from class cloth when it comes to the bedrock relationships-based core of his business. In his advice for independents like himself, you'll hear that emphasis on establishing mutual trust and respect with any customer. And the emphasis, too, on service. Such as applicable for any owner-operator, really. Well akin to what you heard from retired owner-op uh, Gary Bucks, who spent most of his career leased, and Kevin Rutherford in the rebroadcast here uh, from our GATS Week Partners in Business seminar last month. This business is not principally about miles, Books noted. Quote, that's how you compete with cheap carriers. Get as close to the final customer as possible. You don't drive miles. You haul value for profit. End quote. Artie Daniel is based near McKinney, Virginia. And here he is detailing just where that is and how he got started down that road that Books elucidated. Hauling value for profit.
0: McKinney is off of Interstate 85 and 95. It's uh, in between on Virginia Highway 40. Well, I started off, you know, like a lot of people. Well, in fact, the first company I drove for, we hauled junk cars, crushed down junk cars. And then we hauled wood. And then 1978, I bought my first brand new Kenworth and uh, a W900. And I started hauling produce from California. And I ran from Virginia to California for 26 years. And New York City, Hunts Point Market and all that, and, uh, that's where we started.
1: When we talked, Daniel sat on a park bench nearby the early 1980s vintage Kenworth he'd brought in this year to the 10-4 on D.C. event. Find plenty pictures of it in the blog post that houses this podcast at overdriveonline.com slash channel 19. That'd be the October 23rd, 2020 blog post. At first, I suspected the truck may have been the first one he bought that he talked about earlier. No,
0: that, that's my fourth truck I've owned. I still own two. I have a 1985 and a, like that, and a, uh, that 82. Back then, we had to trip lease a lot of stuff, you know, yeah, yeah. back in the day. But uh, yeah, I, I was uh, just supposed to say I own an operator. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And, uh, but I went to work for an international dealer there in Emporia, Virginia. And I didn't live half a mile from the place. And uh, I always come in on the 20th of December. And I like to deer hunt and hunt the last. The deer season goes out the first 30 in January. So I never, I always was home Christmas. Right, and, right, uh, right. But any other holiday, I would truck. Usually had my highest paying load for the year, July 4th. Trucking has always been my passion and my love. And uh, I've been married three times, and all of them say I love their truck more (laughs) more than I love them. But uh, uh, I still pull reefer. I haul pork and beef for a woman out of uh, Iowa, Illinois, and uh, South Dakota and all. But I also have a haul from Roanoke, Virginia to Jacksonville with it that I've been running since January, just one trip right behind the other, and I have a direct haul out of Alma, Georgia. I bring dog food back to Richmond, Virginia. Okay. So anytime I go south, I bring dog food direct back, and I sell dog food too. Okay. And uh, I got three different places, convenience stores and feed stores and stuff, where I leave trailers at. Okay. And they sell it off my trailer. And, and uh, uh that's the extra income. Yeah. I have two trucks and five trailers and I'm the only man. And <laughs> they uh I got hooked up with BBI Logistics out of Chicago. Okay. They have uh all these contracts with all these major restaurants. If they have a cooler go out like Cracker Barrow, Olive Garden, I back Roadhouse, all these major restaurants. If they have a cooler go down then I take a trailer down so they can save what they got and until uh, they get the cooler fixed. And that pays good. That, That's an extra income. And uh, every time a, a, a tornado or a hurricane comes through the area down there, I'm the first one he calls for Richmond, Virginia Beach, and North Carolina. And uh, if I'm not home, I got a friend that's spotting trailers for me with the other truck. In, uh, uh we'd be surprised how much we do for Walmart. You know all the Walmart distributions have big generators, but none of the stores have generators, and you would think they would use their own trailers, but they don't they do it all outside carrier and uh they they pay a flat rate of four hundred dollars a day and uh whatever amount of days sometimes they use them sometimes they don't but we still get guaranteed so many days you know and uh so, you got to find them little niches to help out.
1: At that, I asked Daniel for his thoughts on the uproar over the freight and rates crash of April and May and whether he felt that may have changed the business calculus for owner operators across the nation. In recent years, there has certainly been no shortage of interest in the business model. The myriad new independent carriers getting in and, for many, taking what might amount to the path of least resistance when it comes to freight, i.e., online. Uh, marketplaces offered by load boards and various individual brokerages. Around about mid-April this year, it was places like these where offer rates in many instances took a beating, quick beating. And allegations of, quote, reverse price gouging, end quote, arose and calls for greater transparency into what the shipper was prepared to pay also arose alongside it. Daniel emphasized the necessity of trust and real human touch in business relationships not over reliance on those paths of least resistance, as it were.
0: In this business, it's all in who you know. It's a lot about what you know. And service is the only thing you have to offer. And if you don't offer good service, they get somebody else. Uh, I told the dog food man, it took me a year and a half to get my foot in the door. And I told him, I said, look, I know I don't look like much, but if you give me a chance, I'll show you what I can do. And I've been hauling it six years and haven't been late with load yet. And those people are good to me. Uh I can go around the back of the building and load and come around the front of the building, and they pay me for my freight before I leave. And you don't find that much anymore. You know, back when we first started trucking, the freight rate was on the bill of And the ten percent for the broker and the rest was driver's pay or truck owners pay. And uh then they started covering that up where you couldn't see, so they could steal mostly. And uh, uh, but it's up to you to make your mind up what you're gonna haul it for. And you know I get three dollars a mile, on just about everything I mess with anymore. Sometimes I had three eighty last week, and I I had, I had some eighteen miles paid six hundred dollars, you know, for full pallet, and that was cheesecake. <laughs> and uh but uh, it's it's all in creating a relationship with people that you can trust and they trust you. Uh, I drive old equipment. I run EL, no ELD, you know, and uh, uh, I admit that I truck something like I used to back in the day. But still, uh, I try my best to do it right and fill it right, and, and most time. You know, my, my dog food is an overnight run, Jacksonville an overnight run, and I still get my rest and, and, and come on back, and uh, now when I go, I go to haul pork or beef, uh, this gal's got a bunch of us old guys that sell service, and she knows when we load, she ain't got to worry with us in case we got a problem, and, uh, and we're going to call her if we got a problem, yeah. And uh, so that that that, what I'm trying to say is is, you got to you got to build relationships with people that you can trust, and uh, and and make it work.
1: If you don't have that mutual respect and trust, Daniel said, quote unquote, you're at their mercy.
0: A lot of them don't care about you. They don't care about you. Don't care about your equipment. Don't care about you. And uh, they uh, all they know is they moved another load of freight and got hauled all up benefit from it. But you got to you got to stand your ground. And, and until more guys realize that, that they're in control, not the broker. And uh if if you that if you that makes the mistake when you take a two dollar mile load. And sometimes you have to take a, a cheap load to get the way you got to go to to get the good load. A lot of times I'll deadhead. I I've hit out of Florida. Uh because everybody says why you keep messing with the dog food? I said, you make more hauling produce. I said, yeah, when produce is in. But when there ain't no produce, I can still come back and get my load the same day, and I'm headed to the house. And that time is money to me because when I, when I want to be sitting, I want to be sitting at home. That's the way I've gotten. And I got um, two good mechanics to uh, look after my trucks for me, keep them in good shape. And uh, if I have to drive, put one in the shop, I drive the other one, you know. I'm I'm comfortable in either one of them, and uh, yeah, Earl Hobbs and uh, B&M, they 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 do a good job with my with my truck. And, and I live right in the country, and uh, I'm eight miles or 11 miles from McKinney, and 15 from Emporia, and uh, both of them's over the Emporia way. And other words, when I come home, I don't want I I commit my time to her. Uh, I leave my truck down. This is what needs done. Uh, y'all see anything needs fixing, it. Fixin'. And uh, I'm no rich man by any means, but I'm comfortable. And uh, I enjoy doing what I do. Everybody says, when are you going to quit? I said, uh, when I can't pass my medical call. But I have uh, peripheral artery disease in my legs, and I'm losing the feeling in my feet. And this comes from, I tell these young drivers, It comes from sitting on the floor with your legs bent and it cuts the circulation off going to your lower leg and that's what causes that peripheral artery disease and I don't know how much longer I'll be able to do it but uh, I I still enjoy doing what I'm doing and that's that's what makes a good truck driver.
1: Daniel, you might look on as among elder statesmen of the owner operators participating in 10-4. There's a tremendous amount of respect for him among many of the younger regular participants I talked to. I asked why he comes to the event year in, year out with that 1982 KW of his.
0: I come to this event to help sponsor and promote the trucking industry. When we first started, everybody drove a cab over, and I think that gives you the impression that uh, you're the first thing on the scene when you run in the back of something, and uh, most time you get killed. And I think that made better truck drive. If they would take these CR Englands or whatever, Swift, whatever, and put these rookies in cab over trucks, and I said, you tell them I want you to go drive around Bobtail for a week in West Virginia. <laughs> I think they'll come back, if you don't wreck it or tear it off pieces, they'll come back and be a truck driver. But uh, they, uh, you know, there's so much to learn. These old trucks don't stop bobtailing that good. and yeah. uh, uh, You know, I'd say, give them a week 500 miles a day of driving around bobtailing You come back. If you ain't wrecked or uh, hurt nothing, we'll give you a trailer next week and let you go from there. But. Uh, and log it, you know, get them, get them on the right trail. I believe, I believe that would help trucking companies. Uh, it, it was surely, surely uh, it's better than taking a, a man that's been driving six months as a, as a trainer and you train a guy for, for three weeks and then turn him loose on the road. And I've seen them, they don't teach them nothing how to slide the fifth wheel or slide the trailer tandem. I've seen them in truck stops, they don't, they don't know what to do
1: a set of wheel chocks in the side box of course in the words of old time express ops manager mark white as regular listeners may recall from my talk last year with white a husband uh, and a husband wife uh, drive team his small fleet helped through the cdl training process on to running for old time Artie daniels no doubt passed on that and other lessons time and again over the road the rest of our conversation centered around his equipment and the history there particularly the 1982 W900A that he was uh, showing on the mall for 10-4, but also plenty of his history therein and a few detours into areas of importance for Daniel, safety chiefly, the utility of the CB radio in that regard, and more.
0: I've owned four Kenworths in my life, a 1978, a brand new 1980, this is the 82, and that 85. Now I drove trucks for different companies in between, but I've owned four. this last time I went in business, uh, it's been six years now, and uh, they, uh, I, you know, some people are more comfortable in a Peterbilt. It's all being comfortable. Whatever you're driving, the more comfortable the driver is, the better, better chances he has of not having an accident. And uh, one of the things that we have lost in this business is communication. A lot of these big companies won't let them run cb radios and stuff like that and when they have these major wrecks right there on i-80 in in wyoming and all if they had a cb radio and had it on they'd stop or get stopped before all this master 100 truck wreck you know a lot of these mega companies boy told me the other day that they don't run them because they're distractions well they're not a distraction uh if they it's a lot of shuck and jive that goes on on some of these. Uh, but far as uh, it was, save lives. People don't understand that. Hey, it's a wreck up the road! Stop! Stop! They 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 kill. They multiple people and uh, multi numbers of people and turn multiple dollars of equipment. And it, it could have been stopped. I think every truck ought to have one in.
1: The power in that 1982? I asked.
0: 7FB 425 Caterpillar Ad uh, That truck there was one of the last 15 made. And uh, they uh, they quit making them trucks in June of 82, and they made 15 glider kits after that. And this old man, he had five extended hoods, uh, four, two with V8s and two with 600s, and this was his personal truck. Didn't nobody ride his truck but him i bought it uh three years ago three years ago and i bought it from a gentleman that didn't live but three miles from where i bought the 85. they were, they grew up and trucked together all their life and uh but i had to buy his two trailers because he's getting a little off timers and a little dementia and he said i can sell it and get more for it then i get out here and wreck it and then can't get but seventeen thousand for it, you know and uh so i understand his part and uh, he he misses it just like I missed my old V8 I had. I bought an 80. And I uh, tell these guys, I got a friend that his wife got killed in a car wreck, and they had a, a young daughter, and uh, he sold his trailer. He had a 53 spread, at gray Dane stainless. And uh, I said, do not get rid of your truck because you'll kick yourself in the butt later on because <laughs> it's something you love. And uh, so he did, he kept his truck, We sold his trailer. And I think when the dollar gets big enough that uh, he'll go back to trucking. And, uh, but he he had about 84 cows and uh, James Fossey was the name, he's from Pennsylvania. And, but uh, I tell these guys, I've seen so many of them, oh, I'm getting out and they sell the truck and they regret it after that, you know, they had a, they had a good setup and they let it go. As for the
1: 1982, uh, that had been his original owner's personal truck. The owner put only scant miles on it considering the decades he'd had it.
0: He didn't drive it that much. He didn't drive it that much. There. That truck there has got about 600,000 miles on. That's all, 182. He run across town, pick up a trailer and bring it back to the yard. The other four run hard, but that was his personal truck and he owned a 51% of a orange packing shed in, in Fort Pierce, Florida and he'd go down and pay the land runners and haul a few loads of oranges and get things up and running, you know, every year. He did that, he hauled a few, when he, last thing he hauled was, every uh, uh, winter he would haul Christmas trees to Florida and then bring back pineapples back to my buddy in Greenwood, South Carolina. And, uh, but he, he he made good money with the Christmas trees, you know, He'd run down, take them down, and come back. Yep. But uh, I've been knowing him all my life. When he had the other trucks running, I knew his drivers. and what was his name? Uh, Bunchy Godfrey. Bunchy Godfrey? Godfrey, yep. And uh, he was from Grill, South Carolina. Okay. And the other man I bought the uh, red one from is Lewis Chandler. He died, I think, six months ago. Bunchy's still alive. but. That's my favorite one to drive. That's yeah, and uh, I'm gonna have to put a head gasket on it for too long. It's leaking a little oil on number two on the outside of the motor. And I took it to my cat man the other day and uh, he said, probably needs a spacer plate and a gasket all it needs. But that guy worked for Caterpillar for 20 years and got fired because they listened to a radio all night. And against company policy, they listen to the radio. But they were working by themselves, seven of them at nighttime, right. music playing, everything. And somebody coming in there and unplugged the radio. Somebody was laying under a truck over there working. Somebody said, Hey, who unplugged the dag on radio? That's a good song. It was the boss. <laughs> he wanted to know whose radio was. And, and Robert could said, It's mine. He said, Well, I'm going to give you three days in the street. I told y'all last week, couldn't listen to radio. Right. He said, Well, go on, make my two weeks. Uh, no, I'm leaving. And uh, so he come and I went to see him four weeks ago, but doing his head gasket, he said, look, I got two tore down here in South, and one on the right side, I got to rebuild. He said, as soon as I get a spare moment, I'll call you and we'll do yours. You know, so I said, no problem, because I got the other truck to drive if something would get bad, but he said, it ain't that bad. And uh, But I don't like to see, I like to fix things ahead of time, yep, yep. and that keeps other stuff from going bad. My cat, you don't run it hot, though. you bought a head and everything else, you know. Uh, cat's my favorite motor. Uh, I had a 78 with a Detroit in it, was a good truck. But, uh, A B 92 but, uh.
1: Tremendous thanks here to owner operator Artie Daniel for his time, and to Mr. Daniel, you still owe me that dollar bill story if you're listening. Like I said before, you can catch further views of the gold black paint and more on that 18, uh, excuse me 1982 K.W. Daniels brought to the 10-4 event via the Channel 19 blog post that houses this podcast for October 23rd, 2020. Next week, if goes according to plan, we'll dive into the Broker Transparency Listening Session set for Wednesday, October 28th. You can register to participate in it yourself via fmcsa.dot.gov. You'll see a link to the registration page there on the FMCSA main page. Or search broker transparency at overdriveonline.com for a link to it. As something of a preview of things to come further down the line, here's a final word from Artie Daniel, including more on that passion for the business he emphasized at the top.
0: I enjoy doing it, and I love to see other people have the passion that I've got. And that little young boy up there on that international, David Lewis, yeah. he's got it. And I can... I can sit down and talk with people, and, and experience. And I can feel the ones that's got it, and the ones that ain't got it, and, and they know what, what to say and, and what's going on.
1: Keep an eye out for Mister Lewis in a future episode. Till next time, keep it pro out there.